I'm Jessica, and this is ATC Presents Debak K Rambles, where a couple of friends review Korean dramas. And on today's episode, I have a returning guest, Curtis, from the Affatuation Podcast. Welcome back, Curtis. Hey, hey. good to be back. Yeah, it's good to see you again. Good to have you back. This has been a long time coming. We had a great time last time you were here for the startup review. And there was a little mm-hmm. bit of like contention, like with, you know, <laughs> Team Nando san We're still friends. We're everyone. still it's friends. Like- <laughs> we're good. <laughs> um, we had a great time on the podcast episode last time you were here. So if you want and you haven't listened to it, scroll back in your podcast feed to give it a listen. Curtis, um, you were just here in my neck I, of the woods. <laughs> yeah, we could have done this in person. We could have, but I mean, you know, it's your vacation. We're not going to podcast while you're on vacation <laughs> with your family. But I hear yeah. you had a wonderful time in Orlando. The parks. Yeah. yeah, who knew? Who yeah, who knew? knew? What, what, what else do we have here? <laughs> like that's it. Oh yeah, it was good. You no, saw it, the. It was kind of a trip of a lifetime because you know my wife's a big Disney fan, and we're here in California, so we get down to Disneyland once in a while but never disney world so that was new um the weather uh was all right it didn't kill us (laughs) it didn't kill us yeah um it rained a little but we didn't get really stranded or anything because of the rain so that's good because the summer rains are really kind of bipolar like it'll be like 3 p.m nothing clear blue skies hot outside and then 305 like a massive thunderstorm like you feel like you're gonna get wiped off it rolls in fast yes it is fast (laughs) and it's it's kind of intense because it's always like thunderstorms and stuff but i'm so glad you had wonderful weather and you had a great time with the mouse um Mm -hmm, you know mm -hmm. out in Kissimmee, like Buena Vista. Uh, Rico actually works for Disney now, so he's yeah. uh, all over there all the time. <laughs> I was looking for him. I was- you were looking. <laughs> yeah. Actually, fun fact. By the time this episode comes out, this is old news. But on Monday, we're, he was like, oh, yeah, like we have this cast. Uh, I forget what it's called, but it's like an event where all the cast members kind of like throw in their, their lot and see if they can get in to some coveted spots for basically park admission and it's been really like lucrative because of course the uh, pandemic has kind of made things different at disney for the cast members and like their perks and mm-hmm. stuff and so this is like a great night he said like from 7 p.m to 1 a.m we basically like cast members and one guest their one guest have uh, the park to themselves and we're like yeah. i was like freaking out like he told me he's like you want to go and i was like are you joking yes yeah, he was like it's yeah. monday night and i was like i do not care i will go <laughs> I'm so excited for that. <laughs> if you live in Orlando, you everyone knows someone, right? Like, he, oh yeah, is it impossible to not know someone who works for Disney at that point? I think it is mostly because I think Disney employs, I want to say like twenty five thousand people. I think it's I think it's more. I looked I think it up. It's more. I, think it's, I think it's like seventy seven thousand. Yeah, so that's a ton of people. That's a ton in of Orlando people. in this one spot. So yeah, chances yeah. are pretty high that you might know someone who works for Disney. <laughs> Or has cool. worked for Disney. I think one of my roommates in college was actually she hung out with Mickey. I don't. Okay. Have you heard of like this expression? So if they play that character, they're not while they're employed with the you know Disney and playing this character, they're not allowed to say that they do that. So they'll say, "Oh, I'm hanging out with Mickey from uh, one to three p.m. at Magic Kingdom." Uh, if you want to <laughs> stop by, it means they're working from that time. Yeah as that character but yeah she was mickey and that blew my mind because i was like mickey's played by a girl that's like i don't know four foot eight it's like a short person as well so i was blew my mind but yeah yeah no i was worried for them though because you know it's it's like 97 degrees it's disgusting (laughs) it's really hot outside. i think there's like there's a limit to how long they can do it right yeah yeah they have they have to 30 minutes yeah because otherwise they'll just like faint in there and that's not a good look either that's not a good look (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> all right so yeah, we're yeah. gonna segue into the okay, yeah. the actual oh, yeah, yeah, reason yeah. why we're here we could talk about a disney all day long in your experience and everything but yeah maybe a patreon maybe we'll yeah do a yeah maybe we'll patreon. stick around and do a little patreon uh conversation <laughs> but 
housekeeping if this is your first time listening thank you so much for pressing play go ahead and subscribe on your favorite podcast app we're on apple Podcasts, spotify google Podcasts, and so many more and if you like us please give us a five-star review on apple Podcasts and spotify that goes such a long way for us to get discovered by other people just like you and come check us out on social media to stay up to date on our latest episodes and reviews i kind of go absolutely nuts on social media so if you want to get a bunch of various content you can find us on twitter instagram facebook and tiktok at atc pod and if you're a fan this is the last thing i'll say please please consider becoming a patron because it's such a great way for you to get involved and show your support you can check out the page on patreon.com slash always critic pod and thank you to you one mm-hmm. of our patrons and janet our other patron thank you so much you guys are really doing the lord's work here <laughs> Yeah, if you want Disney inside information, join Patreon. Yes, join Patreon. <laughs> because I'll we'll teach have... you about Genie Plus. Oh my uh, God, I don't even know about that stuff. That's oh, brand new, basically. Okay, yeah. so... Okay. The anyway, dra- anyway, okay, anyway, anyway. The drama that we're reviewing today is Prison Playbook. Burr, 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 burr. Okay. Burr, 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 burr. <laughs> so I'll read the my drama synopsis. Uh, it reads Kim Jae Hyuk, a famous baseball player, is arrested after using excessive force while chasing a man trying to sexually assault his sister. Shockingly to him and the rest of the nation, he is sentenced to a year in prison. There he meets his childhood friend and fellow baseball player, Lee Juno, who gave up on baseball after a car accident, but now is a prison guard and one of Jae Hyuk's biggest fans. The drama revolves around Jae Hyuk's time in prison as well as the prisoners he meets at events that take place there. It originally aired from November to December 20, well, November 2017 to January 2018. Mm-hmm. It's 16 episodes long and we watched it on Netflix because it's currently available on Netflix. Yep. So it was directed by the same director from the Reply series and Hospital Playlist, mm-hmm. Shin Wono. He has basically been working since 2012 on these like franchises i feel like these are franchises so legendary yeah yeah. legendary franchises reply 97 94 88 and both seasons of hospital playlists so he's got a lot of ensemble casts under his belt yeah slice of life Mm -hmm. ensemble Mm -hmm. cast and then this you can, you can usually describe his stuff pretty easily it's like you know five friends that are doctors yes you know, it's, that's it you know that's yeah, all yeah, you yeah. need <laughs> or five friends in the same neighborhood on the same yeah, street yeah. <laughs> guy goes to jail you know <laughs> it's like that's the plot yeah that's yeah yeah plot. it's great it's great and it's written by Jung Bohun and he wrote Racket Boys from 2021 so mm, I feel like these mm-hmm. are kind of good good people to helm this they have similar styles yeah. And of course, we have, it stars Park Hae-soo as Kim Jae-hyuk. He's been in a bunch of stuff, movies and TV, but I would say that I watched him in Time to Hunt from 2020, which is, I think, a Netflix original movie. Uh. And he's, like, really scared me because he's yeah. the one hunting the protagonist in the yeah. in the movie. Yeah. And he was really scary. And then, of course, he was just in Money Heist Korea, Joint Economic Area, Squid Game, of course, and I'll throw out Legend of the Blue Sea as well <laughs> because people apparently love that show. Um, you know, I, I liked him in Money Heist and Squid Game. Did you? I, I never watched Money Heist. I just didn't have the time. And I felt out, like yeah. I needed to watch the original Money Heist mm. and then watch the Korean Money Heist. Maybe. And I heard like kind of, I don't know, bad things about the Korean Money Heist because it was not bad things that it was bad, bad things because it was just the same as the original yeah. like Money Heist. So I Basically. was like, oh, that sucks. But I think he's a good villain. Like, I think he, Mm -hmm. I honestly think he's better as a villain. (laughs) I think so. You know what? I feel the same way. Because after watching him in Squid Game and in Time to Hunt, that movie, I was just like, whoa. To see him as a, you know, sympathetic character in this, Mm -hmm. I was like, this is kind of (laughs) weird. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. So his BFF in the prison, the other prison guard, is Jung Hyung. Oh, man, this is difficult. Jung Kyung Ho, and he plays Ijuno. Of course, he is our cardiologist from Hospital Playlist, both seasons. He's been in Life on Mars, Missing Nine, Beating Again, Heartless City, which is a noir crime uh, drama. I think one of the only ones that there are in K-drama, so I definitely watch Heartless City from 2013. That one like kind of blew me away. I was like, whoa, they make this kind of thing? <laughs> um, I think you really like... You like 
Life on Mars, right? Yeah, yeah. I mentioned that last time. Yeah. A, I really liked it. I mean, if you can, if you can ignore the fact that Signal came out right before it. Oh. <laughs> but he's really good. Like you know, the, he was my favorite character in Hospital Playlist as well. He's really good. He's great. I think he's really versatile. And who's he's dating? Um, one of the SNSD members. He's like oh. a long term. Oh my God, I forgot her name. Okay, I got to Google it. Yes, but she was in uh, the anti-fan. So I married an anti-fan. That um, show? No. No? Move to me. Heaven? She was also like a side character in that. Move to Heaven. Yeah. Oh my okay, God, yeah. I forgot her name. If you're looking it up, then I'll, I'll keep going. So Yeah, keep going. Okay, so it, this show also stars Crystal as Kim Jio. She's been in Police University, Bride of Habeck, The Heirs, a <laughs> bunch of stuff. Of course, she's an idol as well. She used to be an F of F of X. That always like throws me because it's FX, but then I have to like put on my math <laughs> cap and be like, no, it's F of X. <laughs> so uh, she's good as well. What do you born think? Born in of- San Francisco. Yeah, you have that see here like that. She was born in San Fran. <laughs> yeah, Jessica, Jessica, and Crystal yes. were born in San Francisco, and then they went to Korea on vacation, and a talent scout saw them. Yeah, beautiful sisters, very talented sisters, um, Jessica and Crystal. I just like the other, not the other day, but I, when I say the other day, it could be from yesterday to like three <laughs> years ago. So when I, I mean to say that a few months ago, I was talking with um, Mina from K-pop Bookshelf podcast, and she did a whole uh, episode on Jessica's book about oh. like her whole like the whole drama and like thing oh. of her life, and I was like, she said in passing <laughs> that Crystal was her sister in the episode. And I like had to reach out to her and I was like, you blew my mind because I had no idea. And I've oh, been yeah? like in and out of K-pop for like years, right? I had no uh-huh, idea uh-huh. that Crystal and Jessica were sisters. Anyway, so that's a little bit about me. I live under a rock apparently. <laughs> so we have well, a They're like giant... six years apart. So they, they are, you know, kind of different. True. Yeah. And they look kind of different. Like I don't think they look a little bit, the same. Yeah. Anyway, yeah. Um, this has a giant ensemble cast and I'll just right. say the names of these people and who they play. Uh, I don't know if you want to say anything else about them necessarily because there's so many, but here we go. Mm-hmm. It's Lee Kyung-hyung plays Yoo Han-yang, Han-yang. Looney, a.k.a. Looney. Mm-hmm. Uh, he's been in a bunch of stuff like Hwadong, Happiness, Hi Bye Mama, All of Us Are Dead. I think All of Us Are Dead is kind of like, you can probably pick him out from there. Also stars Jung Hain. AKA Captain Yu, and mm. he's had a really great few years here because he started yeah. Snowdrop, which we covered earlier in season three. He started in DP, One Spring Night, Something in the Rain, which again we covered last season. I did not realize that he was in this drama when I picked this drama for season three. So apparently we're like a Jung Hin, like K drama so. podcast. <laughs> yeah. Are you doing a bunch of others? You- well, so. We're also doing uh, While You Were Sleeping. Yeah, yeah. And he's second lead in that. So I was uh-huh, like, oh, crap. Uh-huh. Like, I, I had no idea that he was in Prison Playbook until it was too late. Yeah. <laughs> but that's okay. Yeah, he wasn't like the headliner, but he becomes one of the main characters. Mm, yeah, he becomes part of the ensemble cast, like a, you know, yeah. regular. Okay, we also have Choi Musong as Min Chol. He is prolific. I mean, most of these actors are prolific. They've been in so many things. Uh, Musong has been in Heartless City with Jung Kyung Ho. Oh, okay. <laughs> yeah, he's been in Empress Key, Reply 1988, of course. So he's worked with the director before, Uncontrollably Fond, Weightlifting Fairy, Mr. Sunshine, Insider, so many things. Insider, I think he's also an, an inmate, like a prisoner. <laughs> so, so he's just, he's been around. Yeah. Um, San plays, uh, I don't know how to say that, Kaisato? Wait. I think it's it ki- Keist, yeah. Keist, yeah, I right? Know. I have I Keist in my it, notes. That's how they spell it. <laughs> that's how they spell it. We'll say it how they spell it. Keist. Okay. <laughs> the white hair dude. White hair dude. I remember him most from my mister. Right. Um, he was right. one of the brothers in my mister. And then we'll say Jung Min Sung as Dr. Go. Dr. Ko. You want, you want to guess how old uh, Park Ho San is? The oh, Lord. Mm, Fifty-seven. Dude's younger than me. He's 49. Shut up. <laughs> I know. Shut up. I know. Right? 49? He, he gets the roles because of the white hair. He play. He can play like up to 60. Yeah, I think, you know, he's... Like, easily. That's not 
fair. Okay, so he's um has an <laughs> ambiguous age and can play whatever <laughs> whatever yeah, character guess, he feels like. I that's great. So. Okay. So that's our giant <laughs> ensemble cast. Yeah. So yeah. after all this, uh Curtis, what did you think of Prison Playbook? Um, in a nutshell, I liked it. Didn't love it. You know, it's one of those I downloaded like six episodes for the flight over to Orlando. You know, it was fine. It's a good download for the flight kind of drama. You know, mm-hmm. it moves along. It, it doesn't wow you. You know, there's not huge plot twists. Um, there's no huge romance. That, well, we'll get into that. But uh, yeah, I'd give it three-ish, three-something. Okay, three, so three. Three and a half. So three, two bottles around there. Three so, and a half. Yeah, okay. somewhere around there. Yeah. yeah. Okay, so my thoughts are similar to yours probably i'm a little more positive about the drama than you are but i feel like the first episode was really really strong a mm-hmm. damn near perfect first episode and i think i said mm-hmm. this on the on the on the socials too i was like did i just watch the perfect first episode because oh. it really thrilled me and it kept me on my toes and i was like i feel the impending doom of this character like very heavily and it just ends on a massive cliffhanger as well so it was, it was just really well written and then as it went on i was like oh my god these episodes are so long yeah the episode length was a killer for me and it was also a killer for the reply series especially for me watching reply 1988 was i it took me months i want to say like six months to finish reply 1988 because it was so long each episode was like just shy of like an hour and a half and not that much happens. <laughs> and it's not exactly. It is it's slice of life, right? Yeah. So it's you're in their daily lives, little things happening here and there, not a clear through line or goal for the entire season or for the character. So he's just like trying to get through each day. And I was very bothered by the episode length to be quite honest, which I was like, "Oh my god, I forgot how much I hate these this length of episode i was really like upset because like clockwork i would stop the episode pause it around an hour and i'd be like oh my god there's There's so much left (laughs) oh my god it was i was struggling i was on the struggle bus with this one but that being Uh said i think some episodes played better than others for sure Mm -hmm. maybe Mm -hmm. towards the end of the show i was like this is actually feeling better like to watch this and sit here for an hour and a half but ultimately i think i really appreciated the drama and i loved the characters of the drama would i watch this again probably not yeah (laughs) i think i generally would recommend this if you love slice of slice of life dramas because usually i feel like people who love slice of life dramas can get through this kind of like uh flatline in plot yeah Yeah, for sure if you if you like reply or hospital playlist Mm -hmm. you'll Mm -hmm. like it yeah 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 so that is my general thoughts on it um i thought that the kids so what were the worst parts of the show for you in a general sense um yeah probably the 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 pot the pacing of it i Mm -hmm. guess yeah just it's just not enough plot for me you know the the whole like i if, if the baseball plot is kind of the main plot there's not really a whole lot going on there no so it's just relationships which is which is fine but it just didn't always move along yeah i thought that some characters were really endearing and some storylines were really strong but then other ones were just like okay this is really like i'm waiting for something to happen that was the f- general feeling for a lot of the show. I do yeah. feel like they nailed character development in a weird sense. Like, ov- obviously, it takes so long for the drama to finish that, right. of course, these characters end up in a totally different spot. And a few of the characters really do have a giant arc and they do a complete 180 mm-hmm. on them. Mm-hmm. Do I feel like they did that for the main character? I don't know if they did yeah. that for Jehilk, yeah. which feel like they probably should have because it's he's the main character yeah. but well that was one thing is that you know they, they started out and they have this one line where they're like is this guy really dumb or is he really smart right 
And I, I don't know if they totally figured it out, you know, or the, the way he played it. Because mm-hmm. there were times when, yeah, he was supposed to be dumb as dirt, right? <laughs> he's supposed yeah, to be really yeah. just dumb, <laughs> a simple guy. But then there's other times when he's, you know, plotting and really clever yeah. and really scheming in a good way. But, yeah, so I don't know. I, I didn't totally buy the fact that, like, you know, something like Forrest Gump, mm. you know, where he plays like the 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 really dull guy, but he's... He just lucky things happen to him. Right. This, this guy made stuff happen. You know, he didn't yeah. just luck into everything. Mm-hmm. So that was kind of yeah. I, I mean, I I didn't totally sense that he was really dumb. The whole time. Yes, I <laughs> just thought fine, he was but... like lazy. Yeah, <clears throat> you know what I'm saying? Like lazy in the sense that I don't feel like listening to you. Like everything that you say. Because otherwise, if I'm intently listening to you and filing away everything that you say for later, that would require too much work. Like he's like lazy in that sense, like in Mm. relationships and in putting forth effort. Yeah. So a lot of the time, like people are talking to him or, you know, he's not quite like responding in the correct way. He's just like, oh, yeah, like really absent minded the whole time. Yeah. Really self-absorbed. And I yeah. think they they kind of managed to sell the self-absorbed athlete, <laughs> pro-athlete <laughs> side of him better than he's just dumb. Because mm-hmm. he didn't, like, like you said, he like didn't look into everything in the show. He was an active schemer. <laughs> I don't know what's the right word yeah, for him. Yeah, I don't know what the right word is. He was, you know, serving it back a lot of the mm-hmm. time mm-hmm. and was very smart about his decisions and who to involve Mm -hmm. and who not to involve and how to resolve situations yeah so i yeah we could say this for the spoiler section but the relationship what do you think oh my gosh so you're so the relationship between him and uh crystal's character geo i am on the fence about it i Mm. had Someone on TikTok. So I made a funny video of of me watching the show during a funny part of the show, a funny scene. And someone commented and was like, oh, I am so on the fence about the relationship between, (laughs) you know, him and Jill because there's a massive, massive age gap there and it Mm -hmm. feels predatory. Yeah, early on. (laughs) If he's the commenter was like, it feels predatory. So it feels very uncomfortable. Yeah. And I totally, I just commented, I was like, oh my God, we'll bring that up in the show. 100% agree with that person. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, they kind of worked it a little bit where it was like, she, you know, she grew up with him as a, as an older brother, mm-hmm. way older. Brother okay. So character. what is the age gap? Something like 10 to 15 years between them. Yeah. In real life, it's like 13 years. Yeah. I but bet he, you. He the- has an old face too, though. He does. He does. Yeah. <laughs> And so they, uh, surprisingly, they had him play the 20 year old self, right? They had him play 19 or 20 year old. They had him play it. No, I thought he had a double, like a separate actor. They did it first and then, and then they brought him in. Maybe he was supposed to be at college or something like that. Oh, true. Yeah. Okay. Right. And she was still like young ish. (laughs) She was supposed to be young. Yeah. So I don't know. Yeah. I don't know. I feel bad because. He's like whipped for her. Like there is, if it's not her, it's nobody. You know what I'm saying? Right. Yeah. But she, I don't, I don't condone large age gaps like that. I just don't. I've said this before on the podcast that large age gaps really irk me, especially on the, I think I said it on the Goblin episode, which is another famous age gap. I wouldn't say this is a famous age gap, but it, should it have happened? Should he stuck, should he have stuck around in her life when she's like, yeah. He's obviously madly in love with her and she's like (laughs) in school still just getting into college. Right. You know, he's just been waiting. You know what I'm saying? It feels like he's been waiting and grooming her all this time. Yeah. If he if he was like 60 and she's 50, like, all right. It's it's fine. fine. (laughs) But she's 19. Yeah. yeah, He's 31. Yeah. (laughs) I don't know. Yeah. It's a little. Yeah. He's evident. He's in another phase in his life. But again, he's like very childish and mm-hmm. not very mature like in his mind and he's stupid yeah. half the time so i guess he's like she's smarter than him for sure but yeah i don't know i i have not <laughs> given that relationship a pass in my mind so 
that's my answer to your question <laughs> regarding <Yeah>. that relationship. <laughs> it's so, some EGFs work better than others. Just, yeah, I don't know. I yeah. know. I know. What did you think of the character Looney? Yeah, I I did put that as one of the the arcs that I I wasn't a huge fan. I was of. shocked with yeah, this arc, and we'll, we'll talk the about place. the spoiler later, like what actually happens with this character. But okay, what are your? Yeah, I mean, so is he is he acting crazy, mm-hmm. and then or is he bite? You know, is he multiple personality? Right, right. Or you know, I I didn't totally get what he, they were going for with him. You know what? Let's just jump into spoilers now so that we can like talk <laughs> to our heart's content about what the hell is happening. Sure. And Why we'll not? do that right after this. Hey, you want to come in? Okay, we're on the other side of spoilers. So if you do not care to be spoiled about Prison Playbook or if you've already watched it, then let's go. All right, Curtis. So we were talking about Looney and how his char- like his character arc happened and it was very sad and disappointing to me like what do you feel yeah and unnecessary I, yeah, I don't know you felt it was unnecessary so i kind of feel like they thought the showrunner saw okay so we have happy endings for all of these people like basically mm-hmm. every inmate that we have stayed with is having some sort of happy ending but as soon as Looney gets discharged, he goes right back to his old ways and immediately becomes a druggie again and then gets arrested in a sting operation immediately, like not yeah. even an hour or so after he's been yeah. released from prison. And it was just brutal because he's been such a source of comedic relief throughout mm-hmm. the show. And he's this crazy character, like you can't, you can't cage him. He's talking shit all the time and he is very touchy feely and he's actually gay. And that's like a big part of his story and kind of like showing homophobia as well in Korea, which we can talk about briefly. But I feel like when they release him after he promised his lover, like, no, I'm, you know, clean. Don't worry about it. I'm going to meet you here at the Kim. uh, What was it? something the restaurant that was right across from the jail and no like he decides no i'm gonna go back to my old habits i mean they kind of hinted at the fact that is you know his mom was very trauma inducing Mm. and that they kind of hinted that his lover was maybe not 100 percent committed yeah i mean they hinted at that which would have made more sense if he had got back to his life and he realized things are just still horrible. Right. But they got like, I don't even know how this guy found him. Like the same guy who got him hooked in the first place. Where was he at? Yeah. He's an Uber driver. Like he showed up in a van and he was sitting in the backseat. Like who was driving the van? (laughs) I don't know. What was that? Yeah, it was weird. And then where the hell were they? Yeah. And then it's a sting operation. Yeah. So it's super weird. Yeah. And then, it was a sting and then, operation, but they left the guy that was running the sting, like the actual drug dealer, alone. Like, yeah. And I didn't even get, you know, so he he was loony, and then he would sh- switch into mm-hmm. serious guy. Yeah. But then whenever someone met him at the jail for a visitation, he went back to pretty much serious guy. He was flip flopping a lot between being loony and being like normal or whatever, and. I think the way that I perceived the character was, for the most part, I was like, oh, he's like crazy. Like through and through, he's crazy. Like that's his personality or whatever. And when he's on drugs, he's very calm and serious and normal, Mm -hmm. which I feel like a similar character to that would be Mr. Goo from uh, my Liberation Notes, because when he's on alcohol, he's very calm and gentle and like chill. And when he's off it, he's like very um, not aggressive and like it's not like a 180, but you get my my drift. Yeah. Um, yeah. I think the conversation that he has with Jung Han's character later down the line, because he's very touchy feely with all of the inmates, yeah. <laughs> like yeah, all yeah, the yeah. time, like he's constantly touching somebody. And Jung Han, that character, Captain Yu, does not stand for it. 
And finally, they're alone together. And he's like, I see what you're doing. And he basically confronts Looney and he's like, I don't believe for a second that you're that you're like like this. You're putting on an act for everybody. But I know I see through you. Mm-hmm. And I was like, oh, damn, like, I think he's right. Like, I think he's just been acting mm-hmm. for like a year straight. Mm-hmm. Just acting crazy. Acting a fool. Yeah. Which which I, I could get behind that. But I, it just was inconsistent and it was more confusing than mm, yeah. interesting. You know? Yeah, uh. I feel that. It re- the character when he was crazy, Looney, reminded me of Stuart from Mad TV. Do you? Remember that sketch from Mad TV? No. <laughs> Back in the day. You True. don't? Oh, my God. <laughs> so it's basically, I forget the freaking actor's name, but he's like six foot something, giant, right? And he plays a, a child named Stuart. You don't, does this not ring any bell? <laughs> no, wait, from, from Saturday Night Live or? No, from Mad TV. Mad TV. You know, before it died. (laughs) Yeah. No, I wasn't a huge Mad TV. Oh, my God. So that was like my era when I was like growing up was I never watched (laughs) SNL, but I watched Mad TV. (laughs) And this character was the same as Looney because he had this like high pitched voice. Mm -hmm. (laughs) He would Mm -hmm. just play like crazy the whole time, like a giant child. And Mm -hmm. I loved every second of it. So Looney reminded me of Stuart from Mad TV. And maybe I'll like throw in like a YouTube video of like one of the old Mad TV sketches <laughs> in the show notes for you guys so you see what I'm talking about. Um, speaking of comedy, I think the bird whistling was killing me. Like by a couple of times, I was like, okay, this is actually really funny placement for the bird whistle. <laughs> yeah. It was like, it's the same as like the goat or sheep goat. noise in yeah. the reply series. <laughs> yeah. I don't know if I like like it necessarily. <laughs> it's almost like, you know, we're too dumb to understand that this is humor. <laughs> right, 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 right. Like, I don't know. It's the same as a fake audience laughter yeah. in a sitcom or something. Like, yeah. like, oh, I guess there was a punchline here and I missed it. <laughs> no, I get it very well. <laughs> um, the Time to Say Goodbye song by Sarah Brightman. Yeah, it's his walk-up music. Oh, my God. So, I could not get over that that was his walk-up song. Right. I could not get over it. So what would be your walk-up song? If you were an athlete and, like, it, they call oh. your number, it's time. Um. Yeah, especially if you're a closer at a baseball game. You want to <laughs> you get the adrenaline going, right? Um, oh, man. I don't know. I like cake. Do you know who cake is? Um, no. I don't think I do. <laughs> yeah, no, they're they're fun. They're from the '90s, I think. But okay. it, it gets your adrenaline. It's good driving music, you know, oh, okay. something like that. But yeah, not Sarah Brightman. I don't. Not think Sarah I, Brightman. Time to say goodbye. <laughs> I'm not gonna choose Pavarotti. Yeah. So I, uh, this is a funny story. Quick story. So many years ago, um, Miguel, who's been on the show a few times, mm-hmm. and Rico, of course, is my usual co-host. We went out like late to have coffee in this like Cuban restaurant on iDrive and we were sitting at the bar having coffee and we asked each other the squad like what would be your walk up song if you were in baseball and like you're up to bat. And we were like going back and like me and Rico like trying to like muscle through it like oh yeah like I would do this oh no but I like this song better or whatever. And Miguel just takes a sip of his coffee and goes (laughs) mine would be Duel of the Fates. (laughs) <laughs> from John Williams, you know, from uh-huh. the yeah. prequel Star Wars series. And we yeah, were both yeah. like, oh, shit. That's perfect. <laughs> he had that ready to go. <laughs> yes. <laughs> he had that in the chamber, bro. Oh, so I have never Rico. forgotten it. And <laughs> I want to steal it for this instance okay. because I can totally see a closer coming up. You want to get the crowd pumped, or you just have this orchestra like from Duel of the Fates, the choral. It'd just be a larger than life song, right? Okay, okay, yeah, yeah. Oh, God. That tickled me endlessly when the time to say goodbye song would come. Uh, and then it was the yeah. ringtone on the, yeah, yeah, on the yeah. phone. Oh, God, no. Hell no. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, we talked a lot of negatives. What, what was your favorite part of the show? Oh, my God. So I had so many funny moments that I loved, actually. Um, first of all, Jean Valjean was one of the inmates, and then he got uh, discharged. Mm-hmm. I 
spent the majority of the show not realizing, not the majority of the show, but I think it took two or three episodes before I realized that they nicknamed him Jean Valjean because he was in jail for stealing bread. Bread, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> like a whole truckload of bread. So though. yeah, they, they upped the ante, right? Because he was in prison for stealing a giant truck of bread, which is, of course, is like the value of that is a felony. But I found it so moving when he was out on the construction's job and he actually does steal the wallet from one of those construction workers. Yeah. And even though he does this, even though he's two weeks away from parole and the Ajishi who's like with him is so kind to him and gives him yeah. the benefit of the doubt. Yeah. And he ends up throwing away the wallet. And I was like, oh my God, they just took his story straight from Les Mis because mm-hmm. it's like Jean Valjean turning over a new leaf when the good priest gives him the silver that he stole. Yeah. So it was like the same yeah. kind of motion, the same kind of mm-hmm. feeling behind it. So I like the Jean there's, Valjean. There's some clever, yeah, there's some clever writing. Yeah, it's clever, clever. Um, they ask Jehyok, what's the capital of the US? And remember. he goes, New York. Yankees. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I, actually, I bet if you asked a lot of Koreans. Right, this, right. Yeah, They'd be they like may, New York. <laughs> they may say that, too. Yeah, like, why is it Washington, D.C.? Right. You know what, what scene I really liked was, um, so Junho, his best friend, yeah. is given some errands to run for him. Mm-hmm. And one of the errands was to go comfort his sister because his sister feels really guilty. Yeah. Because you know was, he was protecting her, so Junho goes over there and she's still crying. It's been it's been a month, right? And she's still crying. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And so he goes over there and he does this long speech, and he he makes it seem like he's memorized the speech, right? That Jaehyuk had given him, and it's you know it's a long one, like oh I would still do it no matter what. You're my dear sister, I love you. Blah blah blah. And it goes on for a while, and, and it really <laughs> saves her. Right. But yeah. then you get back to the car and then the list that Jay Hawk had given him, it just says, tell my sister it's okay. You know? Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Just, so, yeah, Junho had taken it upon himself to deliver this really touching. Oh, yeah. That was, that was, that was a really good I scene. loved Juno because he's so eloquent and like, he just seems like he's above it all and he has so much uh, pride and yeah. arrogance, I would say. Yeah. And, yeah. you know, by the end, he kind of succumbs to Lieutenant Peng's ideology, which is, <laughs> you know, don't like hold it all in. Like, if you're upset, like, you know, call yeah. them out on their shit. And there's yeah. no need for a disrespectful inmate to have like a positive reaction from you and for, for you to necessarily reward them with being nice back to them or not Mm -hmm. serving it right back to them and so at the end you know he's like oh yeah like lights out bastards or whatever he says like to the (laughs) end of the wing um i do have a funny moment with him there's so many but this one really stuck out to me was when he goes over to jehyok's house again and fixes the bathroom light or whatever and the younger sister gets home goes straight to the bathroom and notices that the light is fixed. And she said, and the mom shouts out, oh yeah, it was um, Juno. He stopped by and fixed it. And she goes, that's why he's my dream guy. (laughs) And (laughs) boom, like she looks up and he's literally right at the kitchen table, (laughs) like mid noodle, (laughs) like staring at her. It's amazing. And then he freezes and he goes like, you're my dream girl too. Like he's so good. I love their camaraderie in the moments that they were together. They had good lines. I thought, you know, because he he is he comes across as arrogant, but I think you know it's an act, right? And she, and she knows yeah, it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And absolutely. he he knows it too. And and so they're they're back and forths. I thought were really, you know, mm-hmm. they were definitely the better couple of the of the two couples. Mm, yeah, you're not lying. Um, but. I have here that Minchel wakes up and talks to Jaehyuk, and he asks if like, oh, are you missing your girl because. Throughout the whole show, he's, like, pining for her. He, like, misses mm. her the whole time. And <laughs> Minjo says, well, yeah, I, you know, had a girlfriend once, too. And I, I miss her a lot, too, back in the day. And Jaehyuk's, like, really taken aback. Like, oh, like, you had a girlfriend, like, back in the day? <laughs> and he was like, yeah. I had girlfriends when I was younger. When I was young, I looked like Pak Bogum. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah. I literally had to pause because I was laughing so hard. 
Because it's an obvious Reply 1988 reference right, right. because he played Pakpogam's father in Reply 1988. So yeah. it's a good callback. <laughs> when a lot of these guys made cameos in Hospital Playlist. Yeah. Speaking yeah. of cameos from Hospital Playlist, I thought that we would get a cameo from the liver surgeon from from Hospital Playlist because uh-huh. Keist ends up going to the hospital to get to uh, donate his liver to his son, right? Mm-hmm. And I was like, oh, perfect opportunity for the <laughs> liver doctor. And I forget his yeah. name to come and like do this, have like a cameo. And no, they didn't. Well, yeah, this came out first, though. So I think. Oh, true. So they wouldn't, he, he wasn't the he liver surgeon. He didn't exist. Yet. <laughs> he didn't yeah, exist yeah. yet. No one would get it. No, <laughs> no one would get it. <laughs> yeah. I know, but I wish it was like a Pixar deal, like it was already in the works and they had already started. Like, like <laughs> they're oh. five steps ahead. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> nah, I don't think they thought that far yeah. ahead. Okay, so were there any moments that really surprised you or were very sad for you? Um. Okay, I'll start. So <laughs> Yeah, go. <laughs> I'll go. So, in episode three, this is when I was like, oh shit, because I... I was wondering <clears throat> when we were going to get a negative side to prison, right? Right. <laughs> because, first of all, I don't know if you've ever like visited a jail or a prison or something. It's but not that great. It's not so great. It fucking sucks. It's terrible. <laughs> I'm sc- it's actually very scary. Yeah, yeah. And um, so I was like, oh, shit. Like, when is this going to get real? You know what I'm saying? Right. Episode three gets real because what the chief of the um, mm. workshop, the wood shop. Yeah like came onto Jehok and was like about to rape him. Like he had all his guys there like holding yeah. him down. I was like, oh my God, this turned into Shawshank so like yeah. suddenly because yeah. that scene escalated so fast and all of a sudden like he comes closer and then he like sniffs his neck. Mm-hmm. I like lost my shit. Yeah, yeah. I absolutely lost my shit. And then of course that's the moment at the end of the, it's the, the, end of, the episode of course <clears throat> and Juno shows up. To save him, and then you realize, oh shit, he transferred to the the penitentiary. Yeah, Yeah. to keep an eye on him. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah. That completely wrecked me. (laughs) That wrecked me. Yeah, no, yeah, for sure. Like if you if you watch this show, you you start to think, you know, prison seems pretty nice. (laughs) They have their own little cubbies. Let's list it out because they have six guys in a room. Which, first of all, that's unbelievable to me to begin with. Um, The person that I visited, it was, I think two or two to four guys in a in a room and it was like very small i think the the bunks like came out from the wall like as if you were in a a boat like a cruise ship and you have like nowhere to hide stuff. there's nowhere to hide stuff there's no storage whatsoever personal stuff barely any personal effects they had like an entire cubby hole wall yeah of stuff like snacks snacks (laughs) books like all kinds of stuff tea they had you know they had <laughs> regular toothbrushes i was so confused right. with the toothbrushes i was like yeah. how can they allow toothbrushes they can easily make that into a shank yeah like Which i was they like did. they're literally yeah. handing them to like weapons yeah the chopsticks yeah, yeah. i was like okay i get their plastic but still like that's yeah a weapon <laughs> and they had like chores to do <laughs> chores to do like they i was so confused about the life that they led here in the prison because it seems so cushy mm-hmm. so cushy <laughs> yeah and like the Aaron guys seem to have like full run of the place <laughs> the Aaron guys who got like a, a actual little card that let them into the rooms yeah. and stuff like what yeah <laughs> that's another inmate why does yeah. he get free reign of the place yeah. like yeah, towards the end, they were just like walking around. Just, like, they were just Honestly, walking around at will. It was like, no pretense. Here, They're just walking meet me around. by the incinerator. What do you mean, 12. meet you by the incinerator at midnight? <laughs> <laughs> I'm an inmate in a penitentiary. Clearly, what? clearly you can, though, I, I guess. <laughs> clearly. I there's something they're not telling us here because <laughs> I'm like, that was, oh my God, that bothered yeah. me so much when the chief. So they return that character, right? <clears throat> he yeah. comes back to wreak more havoc. And he's meet me, he's and just, meet me by the <laughs> I lost it. I was like, "What? I beg your pardon." Step into my office. Where do you think I am all the time? It's like you got an office. Wait, what's going on? Do you, here? Yeah, yeah, yeah. They oh, and God. literally at the end, they were just hanging out in the greenhouse, you know, practicing ball. They're, yeah, like, yeah. Anytime they wanted, midnight, noon, they're just whatever they wanted. Oh my kinda, God! Yeah. 
So. so in episode five, we get a bunch of stuff happening. But I think the most important thing was they revealed that Jehyuk had stomach cancer when he was younger. Yeah. I don't think they should have written in a ca- like cancer yeah. into the story. I just don't think it was necessary. As an excuse for why he can't get shoulder surgery. Was that it? Was that the excuse that he... They were saying that, yeah, well, it's not just the shoulder, the reason we can't operate. It's because he's had cancer before. Oh, I something didn't like pick that. up on that. It's something like that. But it didn't make sense. It, it didn't make sense. Yeah, it yeah. just didn't... I just didn't think it was necessary at all to have... So he has, like, this pity party in jail. Mm-hmm. The warden, like, reveals this training greenhouse and it's like oh look i made this for you and all these inmates are there trying to celebrate his birthday in jail and he's like i don't want to do baseball anymore and he has like a whole pity party and says i used to have cancer like i'm the unluckiest guy in the whole world and scoffs at his nickname which is phoenix which is you know right right and that he's wanted to quit so many times and and he's just like has an entire pity party (laughs) and i thought there's just no need for a cancer a cancer diagnosis that had no bearing whatsoever on the rest of the show. Yeah, if it was like shoulder cancer. <laughs> shoulder cancer. <laughs> Elbow right. cancer. Right, right, right. <laughs> Something, but... Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I don't know about that one either. That was... I was pretty surprised with um, Jung Hae-in's storyline because mm. I wanted him to be the bad guy in the story. <laughs> That would have been cool. I wanted him so bad to be the actual murderer. I wanted him to have actually done what they accused him of and like sent him to jail for. But that wasn't the case. They backed up on that. And the real murderer was Isangi, that actor who played the second male lead in Hometown (laughs) Cha-Cha-Cha. Oh, that was him? Yes, that was him. I didn't recognize him. Okay. I was like, what? (laughs) (laughs) This is a... This was weird. Obviously, he did okay as, as a devil, yeah. I would say. Yeah, yeah. But I was very surprised. Um, huh. And then I was also surprised that Jung Hin went on to star in DP. Yeah. Which also <laughs> has to, which has to do heavily with bullying Bullied, in the military. Yeah, 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 yeah. You know, which is all about the same thing as this character is going through. Right. So I thought that was really ironic. I don't know if it was ironic or necessarily that he was probably really affected by the story because I don't think you necessarily sign up for a heavy show like DP if you're not like fully committed to what it's selling. You know what I'm saying? What what the message is. I had to look it up. I had to to look up, you know, who the producers were in the right. I thought there would be a connection Mm. because I was like, this is too similar to not be related. But I guess it, I guess it wasn't totally related. But Mm, yeah. But Jungin, oh, go ahead. I was gonna say for for sure the the writers of DP probably watched this, you know. Absolutely, I don't think there's a a person that worked on DP and the showrunners there that probably they they definitely watched it. There's no way that they didn't watch Prison Playbook and were like, oh, like we're (laughs) we're we're writing this story that's basically the same thing. Yeah, or they or they Mm -hmm. said this could be a show and made it a whole show. Yeah, they did. They made it a whole show, and it was really moving. But yeah, no, he's he's innocent. See, like half the guys in the cell were innocent. <laughs> that was the thing too, is that like not only is this prison like a utopia, but all of the guys in Jehyuk's cell are like model citizens, like not yeah, yeah. innocent of what they're accused of. Well, <clears throat> no, because Kaist actually did what he was in yeah, for. Yeah, but is like but again, inter- yeah. You're not not a murderer, not a rapist, yeah. not a you know gangster or anything. He's just like a regular dude who's like obsessed with himself and obsessed with money. Um, yeah. Episode ten, Doctor Ko got transferred, and I was like, "Oh no, this is like going like Game of Thrones kind of, or it's just like <laughs> boom, they hit you with it. There was no warning or anything, mm-hmm. and that shocked me. So I was then after that, I was like, I'm prepared." I'm ready for the next one because they're gonna they're gonna keep breaking up the band because every time you think in your head, oh man, this is like a really good group of guys we got here. I love their camaraderie. Blah, blah, blah. Someone gets transferred. <laughs> yeah, well, I mean that is kind of a clever way of bringing in new characters, mm-hmm. but yeah, they're rolling them in and out like he was another innocent guy, right? 
<laughs> another completely innocent dude fall guy for his company or whatever. Oh, man, that was lame. <laughs> I thought that was lame, too. It was very emotional in the moment, but like, for what? Like, he could have just said no and then tuition? gotten fired yeah. and then yeah. just moved to, to another company. Like, there was like, <laughs> why the hell would you say yes to doing that, to taking the fall? Yeah, yeah, there's no reason, yeah. It was dumb. So I have in here my notes, the subjugation of crony. Because this one yeah. character had a complete character arc. I was shocked that they gave it to this character. Yeah. But yeah. the same guy that stabbed Jehyuk in the first episode. Yeah. And was super antagonistic to him once he returned into the the show. He's got a full character arc. Yeah. Realizes that he um, wasn't being treated like a human while he was in prison and is very thankful and regretful for what he did to Jaehyuk and like becomes his like training partner. Yeah. <laughs> and he's like, he's like the catcher and everything. What? Yeah. 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 No, he's I, the one who had the most complete arc. Yeah. But... <laughs> he has the most complete arc. But yeah, it's kind of like, yeah, he's got this heart of gold, but he just kills people and stuff because he's told to do it by bad people or something like that. I, I don't, don't know. know what his deal was, but he needed a leader like he was not he was only a follower that was their saying yeah he he needs someone to follow Mm -hmm. yeah but it's funny when crony and kai start dating the same girl from another prison (laughs) oh my god that was hysterical (laughs) and they because they're prepping for her visit and they're like oh yeah she's gonna visit me oh no she's gonna (sighs) visit me and they're doing different things oh my god and the day (laughs) comes and kaist is the one that gets the visitor but it's his ex-wife, the wonderful Ajuma Kim Sun Young, also from Reply 1988. From everywhere, from every show ever. From every show ever, love her, and yeah. she puts on a tremendous performance as She's she says solid, that yeah. their son is dying of liver failure. Yeah. I was like, that is the most craziest bait and switch that they have done in this show thus far, yeah. because you think he's gonna go see this other prisoner who got out, and no. It's not his pen pal. It's his ex-wife. And like it's the circumstances are dire. <laughs> yeah. And of course the son hates him because oh he was never God. there. Oh. <laughs> I thought this was I, I believe I you know, I bought into this when yeah. it was now, pretty this, brutal. Uh, this, this was the precursor to hospital playlists, you know, the liver transplant. <laughs> like how many how many livers need need transplanting a year, man? It's like so yeah, the yeah. liver transplant. Mm-hmm. The son doesn't um, want to see him even after he gave him part of his liver. And was that actually in Hospital Playlist? They had a they had a storyline like that, didn't they? Have some I wouldn't I don't... doubt. I wouldn't doubt that there was a storyline where like I don't want this... my dad's liver. Yeah, something. yeah. <clears throat> probably. <laughs> I mean, I'm not going to rewatch Hospital Playlist to confirm, but yes, probably <laughs> something like that. Yeah. <laughs> and then we never met the pen pal. Yeah, we never. <laughs> no, no, we never met the pen pal. <laughs> Yeah. You know what I thought was bullshit was the Steve Steve Blast syndrome that yeah. they gave Jay Hook in episode 14. I was like, okay, so he's got like a psychological block. And I was like, okay, I wonder if he'll even get over this. <laughs> LOL. He gets over it when like within like 20 minutes because Gio tells them to put a white, draw a white X Dry in it. the yeah. glove and tell him to throw it at the white X. Throw the ball yeah, at the white X. Yeah, they could have come up with something better than that. I... She was, because Juno was like trying to, get all crazy with it get get fancy with it the hypnosis thing was again another great moment really funny you think he's (laughs) under hypnosis and the doctor gives him a bottle of soy sauce and tells him oh you're gonna have the most wonderful soda you've ever had and with a straw he drinks it and like of course the spit take that happens because he's obviously not under hypnosis it was so great <laughs> yeah, yeah, but, that, yeah, that whole storyline though is kind of. I like, thought that oh, no. was dumb. Yeah, he's never gonna be able to pitch again. It's like, oh, okay, no. now I can do it. Yeah, like it took two seconds. Gio was like, he's dumb. You gotta dumb it down for him. Put a white X in the glove and call it a day. <laughs> <laughs> what? Oh, oh that was dumb. Okay, so the best storyline I think, and my favorite prisoner is definitely Minchol, mm-hmm. Aboji. Um, because he finally does get his parole approved in episode 15 after them hamstringing him through the whole parole process. And they're like, oh, no, he's going to get the Christmas uh-huh. pardon. I cried 
when he got the Christmas pardon, okay? <laughs> and then he says things like, all I have left are things to be thankful for because he's like devoutly Christian and like very religious since he's been in prison. And he's just like yeah. so moving whenever he talks to the other inmates. And then when he says goodbye, la despedida, like that whole thing was just so beautiful. And I bought in. I bought in totally yeah. to Minchol and With the girl, daughter, the girl interviewing him as his daughter. Yeah. That was telegraphed. Like no one was surprised yeah. that the interviewer was his daughter. And I, I just thought it was good. I, I liked it. It was touching. <laughs> one thing I didn't like though is like if his like his his partner that he mm-hmm. had the child with, yeah, liked him a lot. Yeah, and she never visited in prison. Never, never vi- told like him. Twenty six years or whatever. Yeah, that's not cool. It was. We've- <laughs> That's not cool. So that's the thing, too, is that you have this really moving flashback of her and him the day that he has, like, the yeah. the bar brawl or whatever and goes to prison that very day. And she's like, oh, I have something to tell you and I love you and all of a sudden she's very, like, she's yeah. devoted to him. You can see that she's devoted to him. And they're into she, each other. Yeah. They're into each other. She had the tiny baby Adidas she yeah. was hide, hidden away. Like, she was ready to tell him. And you're telling me she never goes to prison? To visit yeah. him, yeah. Never, never tells mentioned him? it to yeah. Never yeah. mentioned to her daughter. Yeah. I mean, I get that there's a little bit of shame, and but she never remarried. You know, it's not. Yeah, like, she never remarried either. I don't know, dude. She's a single mom in it for 22 years. Yeah, yeah. I don't like it. I don't like it one bit. <laughs> but yeah, no, he's a great actor, though. Great, he's, he's so good. great, yeah. yeah. So. Oh God. Okay. Any more deep moments or funny moments? Um cha, cha, cha. So here's one thing that I I have in my notes is in episode twelve there was the fire in the prison and Lieutenant Peng like goes nuts and has a trauma response because of like what had yeah. happened earlier. He had mm-hmm. saved all the inmates in all the inmates in his wing earlier when another fire like ravaged another penitentiary. And so he's like Opens all of the, yeah, all of the um, cells. Yeah, I was thinking cages. Yes, cells. And <laughs> yeah. like they're not cages anyway. He opened all the cell doors, and they're like reprimanding him. Whatever we figure, we finally hear his backstory and why he wears long sleeves in the summer and all that stuff. Yeah, yeah. And I love when they're talking to the warden and Chief Na. I think is his name. The asshole chief? Yeah, 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 yeah. Yo, that was the brother from Chloe. Oh, yeah. Bro, I was yeah. like, man, he can only play an asshole from now on because <laughs> he does it so well. So that guy, he's talking to the warden and he's like, oh, we need to like dismiss him. Like we should just fire him because he's so problematic. And it was super, super satisfying to see like this ditzy, fame hungry warden actually get serious and like yeah. put his foot down. And he says... um, to wit, like he was demanding a bunch of punishments, and he goes, uh, "Don't cross the line, you know. No discussion. Mm-hmm. Do- yeah. Lieutenant Peng is essential, just like you are, and he ha- he has something you don't, and that's flexibility." <laughs> yeah. And it was just so great to see him like turn on a dime and be like, "No, yeah, we're not we're not firing him. We're not transferring him. He's saying yeah, it's yeah. done." And that was a good scene too, where he goes to his daughter's show and tell or whatever. Bring your oh, stop, dad to stop. work. Lieutenant Peng finally in episode sixteen going to visit his daughter's yeah. school to what was it like a career? Yeah. Thing? yeah. What did your dad do? Your dad but do? then he puts that one kid in restraint. <laughs> the kid's like, it hurts. It hurts. He starts crying. The kid starts crying. <laughs> oh yeah, that was great. Yeah. I mean, this show's funny, like genuinely some funny. Yeah. 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 <laughs> um. Well, last thing I have for deep moments is actually Juno on a date with a sister and they go drinking and he says that he has many regrets, that he regrets giving up baseball, regrets quitting the startup company before it became mm-hmm. successful and that he feels really ang- antsy and cowardly for always being dissatisfied and preparing for the next thing. And she goes, who finds joy in their job? You should find joy in life elsewhere. Mm-hmm. And I was like, Reach, sis. Yeah. Come on. <laughs> yeah, they had, they had a good relationship. I really like their relationship. Yeah. Yeah. It was a better relationship. Yeah. Based on yeah. better things. <laughs> Second leads. Second leads. All right. So <laughs> I have Minchel's parting words, and I think 
this might be the end of my notes. He says, don't let go. Don't let go of hope. All right. Yeah. Minchow. Minchow. Minchow forever. Minchow forever. <laughs> Do you have anything else you'd like to say about uh, Prison Playbook? Oh, we didn't talk about the OST. You were going to come out. Oh, hell yeah. Oh, shit. Yeah. So, <laughs> yeah, before we got on here, I was like, this OST is so good. And you were like, I don't what? think there's anything memorable about it. <laughs> there was an OST? What? Yeah, yeah. You were like, what? And I was like, I, what? <laughs> Okay, so I really love this OST, especially like it's just a lot of K hip hop and KRMB. You have artists like Zico, Mino Gray, um, Eric Nam is on the OST, Highs, Woogie, a bunch of people. And it all has the same like freaking vibe. I freaking love it. And the intro song, I think, is uh, Okay by BY and Gray. Really Mm. good. That one's like, Okay, 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 right? Do you remember that? I, I'm not. No? <laughs> I guess I was in it for the characters. <laughs> you don't I remember missed, any of this? <laughs> I don't. I, I I didn't. I guess, you know, because I didn't get into K-pop or anything until, until like 2019, 2020. Okay. So none of these songs have ever been on my playlist or radar. Yeah, I would say that this is not a tremendously famous OST by any stretch mm. but I wish it got more attention because these artists are really great and yeah, most no, of these that, songs now are, that you name them are good yeah most of these songs are pretty good <clears throat> okay. so wow right, okay. I have to go back I'll put it on I'll put gotta it on go Spotify. back yeah the yeah. original soundtrack is on Spotify in its entirety sometimes you get like you type in like an OST or something and you're like okay it doesn't exist on Spotify <laughs> Yeah, yeah. But you get a homemade list. Yeah, you get like a homemade playlist from somebody. They tell it, pieced it together. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But no, this one does have uh, a true OSC available for you to listen to. All right. Well, Mm -hmm. so my my takeaway, my bottom line is if you're going to go to jail, make sure it's in South Korea. Make sure it's in South Korea. They have good food. They give you all the sides, all the banchan. They get good food, (laughs) man. Bro, they give you. uh, ramen at night side dishes yeah, yeah. it was great <laughs> i mean really great <laughs> yeah don't don't go to jail in america no Whatever don't go to do. jail in america it's scary as shit <laughs> yeah but if you can get a transfer to a korean jail that's where you want to be yeah because they'll get put you in with a bunch of guys and they didn't even do what they were in no, for. Yeah, no one's a criminal <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> okay <laughs> okay <laughs> I have a couple of unanswerable questions Okay, all right. that we'll ask real fast, and then we'll get out of here. What the hell happened to Dr. Ko? What do you think happened to that guy? He got transferred out. Uh, the fall guy. Yeah, I don't know. He's making furniture. He said no, He said at some point, oh, I'm not even going to need like your help. Don't like give me contact information or nothing, because when I get out of here, we're immigrating out of Korea. I don't want to stay in this yeah. country. Yeah, so I hope so, his wife saved up all that money. I hope that she like didn't spend that triple paycheck he was getting every month, and I hope she didn't put it all in Bitcoin. Yeah. <laughs> okay. <laughs> she, she's like, oh, so you got all those triple paychecks? She's like, uh, bad news, honey. I bad news. I put it in crypto. <laughs> okay. What? What happened to Keist? He got his yeah, liver. He, t- he got they got his <laughs> liver taken out, and then boom, they transferred him. Yeah, I don't know, man. He, uh, yeah. What was his original crime? Like, um, he did like a gambling ring. Oh. And uh, they they busted him for that. All right, so he's a professional gambler on the poker tour now. Well, he was like fixing the the games, right? He had like a magnet or whatever underneath the game board (laughs) (laughs) because he's like really handy. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. Yeah. So he was an actual crook. Yeah, yeah, he was an actual crook. And he'd been married six or seven times, he said. Yeah, that's awesome. I was like, oh my God, so he's a Casanova as well? <laughs> and he he married the ultimate Ajima. Yes, the best so, Ajima. So props to Keist. Props, props to Keist. I don't know. Does he make up with his son? Uh, uh, no, no, no. I don't son, think so either. Son wants nothing to do with him. Yeah. Even in the elevator. Like, I know it's you. Yeah. Um, quick question. I don't know if you are into baseball at all. How often is it that a pitcher can switch pitching arms? Never. Never. never right? Okay. <laughs> it's never happened in the history <laughs> this is, of again, baseball. again, like a utopian show yeah. where the pitcher can just make no, it with the it, other arm. Yeah. No, it's not like you can just write your name, learn how to write your name with your left hand or something. No. It's learning how to throw a baseball is one of the hardest <laughs> things 
And then all of a sudden, oh, I'm just going to go right-handed. All yeah. <laughs> I'll just switch arms. <laughs> yeah. That was that was good times. Yeah. I'll just be a rocket scientist tomorrow as well. Yeah. It's the same odds, I think. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Not going to happen. And uh, Crony just catching the balls. Yeah. He had some skills. Easily. Yeah. <laughs> Easily. I guess. Uh, He's yeah, catching I guess like fastballs and shit. Like, a professional okay. baseball player. Yeah, totally yeah. fine. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Doesn't oh, even blink. Man. All right. Mm. I think that's all I have in my notes. That's all I got. I think it might be time to say goodbye. Should I play right. the Sarah Brightman? <laughs> yeah, you, you kind of have to, I, I think. I think I have to play Sarah Brightman at the end of this episode. All right. So to all you lovers out there. <laughs> <laughs> okay, Curtis, thank you so much for dropping by again. I really appreciate you taking the time to watch the show. I know it was probably yeah. a little bit under- underwhelming for you. But it's a decent slice of life show, decent comedy, pretty middling for both of us. It's like three and a half stars, yeah. not a bad yeah. watch. Yeah. Um, but yeah, if you love this episode, let us know. Mm-hmm. We're on at ATC Debak Pod on all the socials. And of course, give us a five star review. Curtis, where can they find you online? Uh, yeah, easiest way is just Google Infatuation Podcast. And we're on most platforms. And we're on Instagram at The Infatuation Podcast. Yes. Well, that's been our show. I'm Jessica. And this has been the ATC Presents Debak Gay Rambles Podcast. Yeah. Oh,